In this episode of the podcast, I sit down with my friend Photo Joseph for an insider's early look at the new Lumix S5 II. This is Twitter. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host today. I'm sitting down with my good buddy, Mr. Photo Joseph, who uh, is going to tell us how he managed to finagle a trip to Japan to get an early look at the new Lumix S5 and take one back. And I didn't get one. So we want to figure this out. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? It's good, man. It's good. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are things uh, in your neck of the woods? You guys uh, wet, warm? Wet as war- where you are. So yeah, yeah. It's it's a little it's a little damp, a little moist here in Northern California right now. So, but we'll deal with it. I'll take this over fires any day. So <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. But, um, you know, I want to dive right into this. I sent you a note, as I do when this stuff happens, uh, and just begging you to discuss your findings about this new camera, and you agreed, and here we are. Um, the S5, the Lumix S5 II. I have a Lumix S5. I was just showing you a few minutes ago. I have an S5, great camera, rock solid, kind of straddles the line between the, I don't know, it straddles the line. It feels like prosumer, pro... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's somewhere in there. It's not sure exactly what it wants to be. I think the S5 II now knows what it wants to be. Let's start with that. Well, let's start with your trip to Japan. What was that about? And how'd you how'd you finagle that trip? I need to know. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah, so I was invited on the the influencer journalist marketing thing that Panasonic put on at the beginning of December out in Tokyo. They invited uh, YouTubers and uh, journalists from all over the world out to Tokyo for an introduction to the S5 Mark II. And nobody, you know, technically nobody knew what was going on. Some people did, but the idea was that nobody really knew. We all get there, we're hanging out in this uh, hotel ballroom, and they do a little presentation, and they announce, oh, the S5 Mark II, this is what we're here to talk about. And give us all the specs, give us the rundown, and then handed everybody there a camera and a complete pile of lenses to work with and then everybody had a couple of days to run around tokyo taking pictures shooting video testing the camera you know finding out what it can do and then everybody got to bring the gear home so they could continue their reviews which is pretty not awesome. all those lenses you did not get to bring all those lenses home did you? and 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 all the lenses yeah, yeah. what in the world is going it's all, on <laughs> it's all well i mean look it, it's you know, it's all alone technically, right? Yeah, but course, it's yeah. Uh, you know, Panasonic loaned all the gear for everybody to do the reviews. There, you know, and I talked to the guys about it and why so much gear because that's pretty unprecedented, right? I mean, nobody there expected that. And the idea is that most people don't have a bunch of Lumix gear. Most of these YouTubers, they're shooting Sony, they're shooting Canon. They don't have a bunch of this Lumix gear. They don't have the lenses. And even if they did, they probably had Micro Four Thirds stuff. They probably didn't have L mount. So they wanted to make sure that everybody went home with enough lenses to really evaluate the gear. And, uh, you know, that's, the, the gear is on loan. You can use it as long as you are doing reviews with it. If you don't want it anymore, you send it back. You obviously can't sell it. It's not yours to keep, but, uh, but it's yours to hang on to as long as you're doing reviews. So that's what everybody got. And I know some other people are sending them back because that's just they're more comfortable that way. Totally cool. But, yeah, we all got the gear to do our reviews with. Yeah, that's great. Okay, well, let's talk about this camera. So, again, this is the the Lumix S five two, the successor to the S five. What what's right. magical S5 about Mark this? II. Yeah, the S five Mark two, right? So, okay, so what's magical yeah. about this particular camera body? Is it a 
um, you know, is it a evolutionary step or a revolutionary step over the previous model? Yeah, as far as the vast majority of the camera, it's simply evolutionary, some nice new features, some nice enhancements. But the big thing, of course, is the autofocus, the phase detect autofocus. It's the first Lumix camera to have phase detect. So in that regard, it's obviously not revolutionary for the industry, but it certainly is for a Lumix camera to finally have phase detect, which is what people have been asking for for many, 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 many years. And uh, and now it is there. And it's it's awesome. You know, it is a really good autofocus system. Now, I'm not a Sony shooter or Canon shooter, so I don't come from the comparison to that. I'm coming from the Lumix world, and of course, it's a thousand times better than anything I've used before from Lumix. Now, when you compare it to the Sonys and the Canons out there, uh, from the reviews that I've seen, the vast majority are saying that it is, well, I think people are saying it's better than Canon. It's as good as the va as the majority of the Sony cameras. There are some areas where I guess the like the latest Mark IV Sony something, A7 whatever Mark IV is a little bit better. Somewhere the Lumix is actually a little bit better. Then there is a new Sony something Mark V that's, uh, that, that one apparently is like insane. But um, so we're not quite there, but with in regards to pretty much everything else in the industry, it has caught up or exceeded. Oh, it's a, it's an impressive autofocus system. Yeah, finally, thank you, right? Because that's been the, as an ambassador, that's been the main kind of defense, even in the Micro Four Thirds days. Well, still Micro Four Thirds, because, you know, a gazillion yep. people shoot Micro Four Thirds, but it's always that focusing system. It's great. It has all yep. these wonderful features and this and that, but the focusing, right? It's Especially interesting, is it for watching, video people, right? Yeah, watching people talk about all the previous Lumix cameras, and over the years, you know, you look at the video-centric features that have been added to Lumix cameras, things like having a waveform monitor on your LCD, having shutter angle and even synchro scan, having time code support, and all these really high-end, more cinema camera features that have been on many of the Lumix cameras that content creators and obviously you know higher-end professional video shooters all love. And constantly you hear, if this camera had phase, then it would kill. It would just destroy the market if it had phase because it has way better everything else. Well, now it does. So now's, now's the chance. Oh. Yeah. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Just just for the folks that aren't you know, like, yeah, it sounds like it focuses it focuses better. But what's this phase contrast, blah, blah, blah. What it, What is this, yeah, um, this voodoo you speak of? You know, I, I probably should figure this out at some point. I don't actually know how phase works. I know as far as contrast works, it is like the name implies. It is based off of contrast. It's looking for the contrast in um in the image and so it focuses by defocusing and then focusing and it sees you know when something goes from out of focus to more in focus it gets higher contrast right as your your edges stop being blurred they become sharper and yeah. that is that is the contrast that it's looking for to focus on um how phase actually works i don't actually know to be honest i i don't i just know that it is massively faster and more accurate um, specifically for video that is where you really see the improvements and where contrast tends to have to hunt to maintain focus because it's always trying to make sure that it still is in focus phase doesn't do that it can lock on and adjust as the subject moves and it is uh, you know virtually flawless i'm going to say it's perfect but none are right i mean you can yeah. see i see focus hunting on all kinds of cameras and uh, you know it can still happen here as well but it is it is massively better than it ever was. And like I said, from the reviews, you know, you watch the reviews of people who are Sony shooters and they're talking about it going, damn, this is, this is solid. This yeah. is a solid camera. 
Well, in that and under that light, is this is this new camera specifically targeted at you know people that are shooting video, or what about us? You know, kind of still photographers out there that sure. occasionally shoot video. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely targeted for both, and you know, it is that classic Lumix hybrid camera that does yeah. both equally well. Now, there's two cameras, right? There's the S5 Mark II and the S5 Mark II X, and the X model, which is only two hundred dollars more, but that's not shipping until. April, I believe, spring. It's spring, I think is what, what they've said. Um, it does have a few of the higher end video features that are reserved for that camera. So if you are a primarily video shooter, then the X is definitely the model that you would want. That said, because it's not coming out for a while, I think a lot of people are gonna buy the, the straight one and then maybe they'll upgrade to the X when that comes out or buy that as a second body. Um, but yeah, there are some nicer higher end video features. But to answer your question, the camera really is focused on both. It has, like, for example, you've got 30 frames per second with full continuous autofocus for shooting stills. And those are that's raw. You shoot 30 FPS raw with continuous autofocus. That's this is pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a, that's a lot of pictures in a second. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So what? So okay. So focusing improvements exponentially, right? So that's the sure. tent pole that this body stands on. They did some some design tweaks to it, like the next one that's coming out, or the the X, the S5 Mark II X is right. the one that's all blacked out with black lettering yeah. on the front and all that. Is that is that just cosmetic? Are there any other hardware differences between the two bodies other than the codex? Between the two bodies, the the two and the two X, the only difference is, is the blackout. Uh, mm -hmm. The between the Mark One and the Mark Two, there are some differences. It, it really does look almost identical. You look more closely though, and you'll see one of the big changes is oh, I've got a cage on mine, so it's, it might kind of block it a little bit, block the view. I don't know if you'd be able to see it under here, but there's a vent. Actually, let me do this. Let me take the lens off and do it like this. Let's see if, see there you go. Just under the Lumix logo, you can see those lines. That's yeah. ventilation intake. And then on the sides, which now you really aren't gonna be able to see it because of the cage, but right along the sides here is the, the output of the vent. So there is an active cooling system that is drawing air right under the right over the lens up into the pentaprism and then blasting out the sides and so that is a physical change but you kind of have to look for that you almost don't even see it other than that it is largely physically the same it does have a full-size hdmi port which is of course a glorious thing yeah um, yeah yeah it's yeah. Uh, the card slides a dual sd but both cards are us uhs2 as opposed to the last one it was one was uhs2 one was uhs1 so they're both the higher speed card slides yeah, uh, yeah. All all micro or otherwise non-standard HDMI ports must be destroyed. Just saying, <laughs> they have no place on this planet. So other so what about the LCD? Right, content creators always balk about the I need the articulated LCD. Some of the previous Lumix models opted for more of that butterfly traditional right. non-articulated design. What about this guy? So this has the same as the as the original S5. It has the more traditional flip out. Right, it can go flip completely around sideways, and it can spin. Yes. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't tilt up, so it's not like the GH6 or the S1H that has a combo tilt up, tilt out screen. That's mm -hmm. the kind of that's the best screen on the Lumix cameras as far as the actual physical physicality of it. This doesn't have that. It's just the standard flip out, but it is the flip out, so you can vlog with it, have it facing back, or tilt it around tilt it out and up so you can look down at it, but then you're looking down at it from the side. It's not a full up, full on tilt up. 
Okay. Okay. You know, I'm curious, you know, look at, looking at this body, I'm thinking, well, looking at this one and then the box camera that Panasonic released a couple of years ago, the box camera series that obviously are intended for filmmakers, cinematographers, et cetera, that need the flexibility of putting a cage on there or throwing it on a, a drone or whatever. Right. Um, looking at the spec list for this S5 Mark II, it looks very similar. I mean, there's there's some there's some differences, obviously, and of course the hardware is different. But I guess the question is, why would someone buy the box camera at two grand, twenty five hundred dollars, when they could get this camera that comes with all the other bells and whistles and an LCD on it, and you know you can just take it around and walk around with it as a regular camera or rig it up you know, like a, sure. like a pro, like what, what's the, sure. what's the motivation? You know, the box, the box still has a lot of different things about it. So in the box camera, you've got, um, SDI and HDMI output. So mm -hmm. if you're yeah. you know, recording and monitoring in separate systems, you've got that in place. It has time code in a full size time code port, not time code through a PC port, but an actual time code port on it. So that's right there for big cinematography stuff. That's huge. Um, mounting points all over it, making it easier to rig up if you're going to, so even if you don't put it in a cage. It's got the ability to control it over the network, which is, we've talked about this before, that's one of the big things for me and why I use the BGH-1s in my studio, because I can control multiple cameras over a network on a laptop simultaneously. The S5 Mark II will allow, you can control it through the Lumix Tether software, but not over a network, just over a USB connection. So mm -hmm. it's, it is not designed for that kind of larger cinematography thing. It doesn't have any time code support. It is not that level of camera. Um, for that, you know, you're looking forward to, like the S1H has time code, right? That's your big full on pro boy for the full size or the BS1H was the box version of that. Um, and, you know, right now, obviously, no product announcements have been made, but Panasonic has said quite clearly that phase is this is obviously where all of our sensors are going. They're not going to release a camera that doesn't have it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you could say or not, but how, how do you feel about the roadmap, right, the, of L-mount and, and the glass that's available now and that will be available in the future? That looks like a direction, right? Especially with this, with, with the new phase detect autofocusing system on these new cameras, and them kind of leaning in hard into. It feels like eating, you know, or not not going after black magic, but saying, "Hey, here's an alternative to you people that would have been buying the cinema cameras and all that high end gear. You can get this for a fraction of the price, and and all these other bells and whistles." I'm like, what's the product line going forward? Is it all L mount and no more micro four thirds, or oh, no, definitely what, not. Would, no. What do you think? Micro Four Thirds is still full on in development for sure. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah okay. that's Panasonic's made that clear. That's you know the the um, the GH6 you know just came out not that long ago, right? Was it whatever? It's not that long ago, and that is the current top of the line of the Micro Four Third sensors, the Micro Four Third cameras, and uh, no, it's full on still development. It's an awesome system. I love it. I, I use Micro Four Thirds more than I use full frame for sure in my own mm. shooting. Mm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. As far as going after the other market, are you talking about lenses and what's available? Yeah. It's actually I'm I'm quite impressed looking at how many L mount lenses there are just from Panasonic right now. I kind of hadn't really been paying attention, and then when they handed us this pile of box of lenses, you're like, oh my god, I didn't realize there were this many right mm. now. So that's impressive on its own. But then of course you've got Sigma making lenses, right? They're part of the L mount alliance. You got all their lenses, and there's a bunch of third parties that are making lenses, the you know, kind of one-offs that are making interesting little lenses. I've actually got a really interesting um, shift lens, a tilt 
tilt lens, sorry, a tilt lens. It's not a tilt shift, but just a tilt lens on its way to me right now to do a video on. And so I'm excited to play with that. And that's, you know, native L mount. But one of the coolest things, and this is something I definitely want to mention is I, I did some tests kind of unexpected. It was an unexpected part of my video. I did some tests with the S5 Mark II with my old Canon EF mount lenses and the Sigma MC21, which is the EF to L mount adapter. And I bought that adapter years ago so that I could use some of my older Canon lenses on at the time, just the Lumix S1, because there weren't that many L mount lenses. And, but autofocus was terrible, right? I mean, it was autofocus already wasn't that great on those cameras, but mm -hmm. you adapted the lens and it was, it was unusable. I mean, you forget about autofocus. You watch my video that I've got on the S5 Mark II, and the entire talking headpiece is shot with a Canon 50 millimeter F1.2 lens wide open in autofocus, and I'm deliberately moving back and forth throughout the sequence, and then kind of at the end reveal, this is all shot on this Canon lens. So the autofocus from the Canon autofocus lenses, and not all of them, they're, you know, some are faster than others, just like they are on Canon bodies. Some of the lenses aren't that fast to focus, but you can put those on the S5 Mark II and get extremely good autofocus through them, and that's pretty well. So there's a whole section of my video dedicated to Canon lenses, and it's impressive. Wow. So you've got a ton of lenses to choose from, a ton. That's, that's great. That is great. Yeah, what a change, right? I mean, we saw that roadmap back when they first announced the L-Mount Alliance, right? And he's like, okay, look at all these lenses coming out over time. And, you, you know, yeah. sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't show up, you know, with these companies. They're showing up, right? <laughs> Just, yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Panasonic it, it is, is showing impressive. up. And, you know, it's funny because you think the L-Mount Alliance hasn't been around all that long. Yeah, uh, you know, publicly at least. I'm, you know, obviously, it was around before that anybody knew about it. But publicly, it's only been a few years, and yet there are a ton of lenses. And it is really, the, the, I think the real telltale is you look at the manufacturers that are the third parties, that are the the kind of random Chinese companies that are making some lower price, interesting optics, and they're making L mount. You know, the Laowa lenses, they're making Laowa, almost everything on Laowa is available in L-mount. If they're making a full-frame lens, they're making it in EF and Sony E, I guess it is, and um, an L-mount. And that's, you know, that's on the list now, pretty much common for those lenses. It is. It is. I got a press release. I'm on a bunch of press release, you know, lists. I got one from Sigma today and, you know. I'm not, I can't say what's in there, but you know, it, it does confirm what you're saying. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very interesting. Okay, so wrapping this up, looking at this new body, right? The you know yeah. the new S5 Mark II. What um, what are like you know other than focusing? What would you say are the sure. top you know couple of things that you think make sure, this sure. worth it? Top features, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just run through because I have a, a list and I want to um, you know, plug my own website here for anybody who wants to look at this list. If you go to photojoseph.com, by the time when you're watching this, it'll be still in the top or, or second row of the videos. But you'll see my video about the S5 Mark II on that Web page. Click on that. There is a full feature list of the S5 versus the S5 Mark II and the S5 Mark II X. And so you can see essentially everything about the camera side by side. So I'll just run through some of the highlights there. But uh, so dual native ISO that the S5 Mark II had that. Uh, sorry, the S5 had dual native, but the S5 Mark II now has the ability to choose between your low or your high ISO circuit, which is the way it is on 
the rest of the Lumix lineup, just the S5 was kind of a, it didn't have it there. So it does now. Um, the um, shutter angle support, this is a big one. They've added synchro scan and synchro scan is the ability to adjust your shutter, shutter angle by one degree increments. And that is what allows you to, if you're shooting anything that's got an LCD screen on it or an LED button on it and they're flashing or pulsing on screen or flickering, this will allow you to get the shutter angle in sync with that so that they don't pulse in the video. Mm. So that's a huge thing. And for me, it's a really big feature. Like I can't use cameras that don't have that in my YouTube videos because I'm always shooting some kind of a product. Like you pick up an ATEM, it's got blinky glowing lights on it. I don't need those lights flashing on the video. So yeah, this eliminate, allows you to eliminate that. So that's a big one. Uh, the 30 FPS we already talked about. The uh, the EVF in the, in the viewfinder is a little bit higher resolution. So that's nice, you know, extra pixels in there to see. The X will shoot ProRes internal like the GH6 does. So that's another really big one. I love that. I'm a big proponent of shooting in ProRes, so that's huge. Versus like it slapping on a versus like slapping on an Atomos Ninja or something onto it and recording there. Right. Got it. Right. And obviously, there's still times where you need the extra monitor, monitor. The monitor makes sense. Maybe it's rigged up in a cage, and you just need to have that external, or you want it bigger, whatever. But the fact that you can record ProRes internally is amazing. And that's on the GH6. That's almost all that I shoot internally is ProRes because there there is a difference. I really would much rather be working from a ProRes file. I don't care that it's bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, audio, it will do four channel audio just like the GH6. So if you put on the XLR1, which is the XLR interface that goes onto the hot shoe, you get two XLR inputs and then you still have the 3.5 millimeter input, which is stereo. So you can split that out to, to dual mono if you want and get four unique channels. So if you're doing a, like a four person interview, View, you could have all per each person on our individual mic channel in the camera that's nice. internal without having to use an external recorder wow. it adds true 24p so it has 23976 but it also adds true 2400 for anybody who's actually integrating it into a a true film set that's helpful not that common, but it is certainly helpful for those. Bunch of frame rate and codec stuff we don't need to go into. Look at the sheet for that. There is uh, so there's a bunch of little things that can upgrade a Bluetooth. Um, uh, the X will have live streaming like the GH5 Mark II. So that from the X, you can live stream directly from the camera with your cell phone attached to it. Oh, nice. And faster USB, um, USB PD for power delivery. So you can pl plug in pretty much any commercial battery into it to, to charge it from or to run it from. Um, the last big thing that I'm really excited about is something called real time LUT. So the idea behind real time LUT, so you, we all know what a LUT is, but just to make sure so the idea behind a LUT is it stands for lookup table let's say you're shooting in log and a log profile is very flat looking you would have a LUT in the camera so that you're looking at the image not in the flat profile you have a LUT that converts it to rec 709 which is standard color so you're just looking at an image that looks normal but then the file that you get off the camera is flat log you can then use that LUT in the computer to bring it back into normal color or there's a lot of things you can do with it okay. one of the things with LUTs you can do is you can make your own custom LUT load that on the camera so you're looking at your own custom look while you're viewing it on the camera but then you would have to reload that LUT into software and when you're in your you know final cut or your premiere your resolve whatever but now there's this thing called real-time LUT where you can actually burn the LUT into the footage and for some people this sounds like a terrible idea you would never want to do that but for people who don't want to mess around with color grading but do want to have a unique look to their footage you can now load the lut into the camera so you can buy a lut online load it into the camera come up with a look that you like and then everything that comes out of the camera already has that look baked into it you can also apply that to jpeg so you can if you're shooting raw plus jpeg your jpegs can have a unique look to them so you could come up with your own custom funky look or you could get like a you know a kodak look or a fujifilm look and load that 
onto the camera, and then you have your JPEGs that have that look already baked into them. But you still have the raw files to go back to. So lots of different really interesting use cases for it, and it's a feature that I personally am really excited about. Oh, that's killer. That's killer. They're 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 crushing it over there. Are they, you know, it's it it feels very much like when I look at the what what the releases that have come out of Lumix over the past couple of years, it looks like they're paying a lot, a lot of attention to video right and making sure that they're satisfying people that that are content creators like yourself and others that are creating um this world-class video but then the photography features aren't they're not a second-class citizen i don't feel like like because i'm no. a photographer and when i look no. at these cameras i feel right at home i see a bunch of stuff i don't understand over on the video tab or whatever but but on the photography side i'm right at home i have what i need and that's that's the goal right is to create a content creation device I'm guessing, right? And not okay, this is this is a video camera and that's a stills camera. This is a it's right. a camera. It captures light whether it's moving around or not, right? So, yeah, right. interesting. Yeah, you're shooting when you can shoot internal nearly 6K, was it 5.9K? Now I got to scroll up and double check it. So many numbers in my head, you tend to forget. Um, <laughs> no, it's full 6K. If you're shooting in a 3:2 aspect ratio, you can shoot open gate, full 6K, 3-2 aspect ratio. And that's going to give you the nearly square image that you can cut a vertical for vertical social in a landscape you know, for normal video out of the same footage. So when you talk about it being a content creation tool, that is the kind of ultimate definition of that. If you can shoot in a format that allows you to pull for both standard widescreen social and vertical social from the same footage, that's pretty awesome. You know, just shoot a little bit wider than you might normally want to because you're going to be punching into it and you got plenty of pixels to punch into without having to scale up. You're golden. It's a great, yeah. great setup. What's what's missing from this camera, do you think? Like what what is what does Photo Joseph need in the next iteration? Photo Joseph needs time code. I am I am all in on time code. So for me, like when I recorded the talking head portion of my review, which is all shot on the S5 Mark II, I actually recorded externally to a ninja because I need timecode. Because I'm recording my audio separately. I want timecode. I just I'm like once you start using timecode, there's no going back. You just go, nope, there's no, it has to have timecode. So <laughs> by recording to an external ninja, then I can have timecode on there. So that's a, a critical one for me. But, but as a run and gun camera, I don't need timecode. So that's perfectly fine for that. Um, that's honestly that's like the one thing I'm like, ah, oh, timecode, but yeah. There's there's a workaround in the studio and I don't need it in the field. Yeah. We gotta leave room for the next the next iteration of this thing, right? Uh, well whatever whatever the successor to the S one H is has to have has to have life and right you know. right yeah you could you can interpolate <laughs> the entire product line just looking at what's missing and what what has come before it right um, what uh, what if anything the you know do you, well I know the answer to this question but you like personally have a ton of stuff coming up next right what what can you share with us that's happening in the world of photo joseph and you know the add-on to that is again remind people of where they can go to check out the youtube channel and all the other sure resources thing. you put out so i am going to be doing some more videos on this s5 mark ii i am going to do one specifically on real-time LUT for still photography because i do find that so interesting so i'm going to that's something i'm going to be working on um i'm right now working on a video for uh, davinci resolve and the cloud store 
working system. There's actually a press release that just went up on Blackmagic today that talks about how I work with the cloud store. And I'm gonna be doing a whole video around that workflow. It's it's very techy, but it's really about this whole kind of storage with remote access and how I work with editors all over the world simultaneously. So that that's a big project I'm working on right now. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, those, those are the next couple ones coming up. You're always busy, man. And then You're... NAB. I'll see you guys out in NAB. Yeah, I'll be at oh, NAB. Oh, actually, well. I got a good one. Oh, I got one. I got what? one for you. Yeah. I'm about to launch about to launch a Spanish language Photo Joseph YouTube channel. So I'm working with a company that is dubbing my videos. And we picked a number from the back catalog to do. And those are almost all done. Actually, there's we're doing 10 or 11 or something like that. We've got like five of them done. So we're going to launch it possibly as soon as Friday if the rest of the stuff is in place. And so it's my video. We we replace all the text in there. Anything that's you know added in the NLE for text, that's all replaced with Spanish. And then I'm dubbed in Spanish. And of course, the whole description title, everything is translated to Spanish. And it's a whole new channel. It'll be Photo Joseph in Espanol. And that'll be, uh, that'll be launching, like I said, hopefully by this Friday, if not then early next week. And the idea is going forward, every new video will get localized and will get released within you know 24 to 48 hours of the english one and in some cases if we have time we'll do them simultaneously wow did, did you have any say in the the vo artist that plays the spanish version of photo joseph i they uh, they had one that they picked and they sent me some voice to, you know tests from him and i went yeah that sounds awesome so yeah i didn't i didn't need to audition some but uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. It's fun to you know watch a video like, well, that's me, but it's not me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are these words coming out of my mouth? That's cool, man. Congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. It's you know hopefully expand to a, a bigger audience. No, no, for sure. No, that's good. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I definitely want to see how that plays out because I may want to do something similar <laughs> to that. That sounds amazing. All right, man. Thanks for doing this in the middle of a storm here and there. Um, the power held out for this whole thing, as did internet mostly. There were some dropouts mostly a little I bit in there. It got a little choppy there. It got a little choppy in there, but I was like, don't go away. Don't go away. But we got it. We got it. Cool, man. Well, congratulations on everything you're working on. Um, I want to see you. some images out of, or video or something out of that S5. I guess you should go watch the video, right? Go watch my video. It's time to go go watch the video. video. All right. I'll have to watch the review. Cool, man. All right. We'll leave it right there. Photo Joseph, thank you so much for coming on again. This is Twitter.